0: Thanks for listening to The Red Tree House, where I tell scary stories to keep you up at night. You can listen to the Red Treehouse on your favorite streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Oh, and leave us a five-star review. And you can follow the Red Tree House on social media, on TikTok and Instagram at Red Treehouse Pod. And if you have a scary story or topic you'd like me to feature on an upcoming episode, email RedTreeHousePod at gmail.com. Content warning. This episode includes discussions about mental health, suicide, and murder. Listener discretion is advised. And though the Red Tree House is not a true crime podcast... I will cover a true crime case from time to time. My goal in every case I cover is to preserve the dignity of the victim and their loved ones. As spooky season gets underway, a variety of haunted attractions will pop up in towns and cities across the United States. Signs and advertisements for the scariest haunted houses will no doubt attract a ton of visitors. Amusement parks will transform from a family-friendly environment to more adult-themed attractions, complete with chainsaw-wielding ghouls and haunted houses. Even though I don't get scared easily and would waltz through a haunted house without so much as flinching, it's one of my favorite times of the year. But let's step away from haunted house attractions, which exist purely for entertainment, to an actual haunted house, or in this case, a haunted hotel. The Cecil Hotel, built in 1924, has a morbid and terrifying history. Originally built as a premier destination for business travelers, over the years, the Cecil Hotel became home to less savory characters. And, almost from its opening, the Cecil Hotel has seen an alarming number of accidents, suspicious deaths, murders, and suicides. In fact, in the 1980s and 90s, the Cecil Hotel was home to two infamous serial killers. It makes sense then, that the hotel is one of the most haunted in the world. And there are some who believe every room in the Cecil Hotel, 700 rooms to be exact, are cursed. With a nearly 100 year history of tragedy, perhaps none is more disturbing and haunting than the 2013 disappearance and death of Elisa Lam. The details of her death are both tragic and scary. And to this day, the circumstances surrounding her death remain mysterious. As we consider both the haunted history of the Cecil Hotel and the unsettling death of Elisa Lamb, we're left with these questions. Is the Cecil Hotel haunted, or worse, cursed? And what happened to Elisa Lamb during her brief stay at the hotel? I'll share the stories. You decide for yourself. I'm your host Will. Welcome to the Red Tree House. The story of the Cecil Hotel began in 1924 with three hoteliers, William Banks Banner, Charles Dix, and Robert Shops, who put in over $2 million of their own money to build a first-class hotel for business travelers. The original design included a marble lobby, stained glass windows, and alabaster statues. Though their vision for the Cecil was opulent, They could not have predicted that in five years, the Great Depression would ravage the United States. And in the ensuing decades, the Cecil Hotel and its surrounding area declined steadily. The flow of wealthy business travelers eventually faded away. Located in the Skid Row neighborhood of downtown Los Angeles, the hotel became synonymous with individuals who were down on their luck. According to a Travel Channel article titled, The Horrifying History of the Infamous Cecil Hotel, dated July 13, 2021, states, the hotel was, quote, located just steps from Skid Row, and became a viable housing option for the local transient population which was estimated to already surpass 10,000 people in the 1930s, end quote. It didn't take long for the first death to occur at the Cecil Hotel. Within a few years after its opening, W.K. Norton died by suicide after ingesting poison. His body was found near a pile of poison capsules, His death was the first of several suicides, and in fact, between 1931 and 1934, at least three suicides were recorded at the Cecil Hotel. In 1937, Grace Magro fell from a ninth-story window, her fall broken by telephone wires, which had wrapped themselves around her body. Despite a thorough investigation, Police were unable to determine whether her death was an accident, suicide, or murder. In one of the most tragic cases at the Cecil Hotel, in 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell gave birth to a baby boy, and thinking the baby was dead, threw him out of the window, where he landed on the rooftop of an adjacent building. Purcell was charged with murder, However, she was acquitted by reason of insanity. From the late 1940s to the late 1970s, at least four suicides, one murder, and one suspicious death all took place at the Cecil Hotel. Over the years, the Cecil Hotel has played host to a variety of infamous individuals. It is alleged that in 1947, Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, was spotted having a drink at the hotel just a few days before her murder, which is still unsolved to this day. Serial killer Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker, committed some of his crimes while staying at the Cecil Hotel in the mid-80s. Ramirez claimed the lives of 13 people and after being convicted of 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries, Ramirez was given 19 death sentences. Ramirez died of cancer in 2013 before his sentence could be carried out. In the early 1990s, international serial killer Jack Unterweger, checked into the Cecil Hotel while covering a story about crime in Los Angeles. While there, he killed three sex workers. After being convicted of these crimes, Unterweger died by suicide in his prison cell. A Discovery Channel article titled, The Cecil Hotel is Known as LA's Most Haunted for Many Horrifying Reasons, dated August 1st, 2019, states, quote, Many suspect Unterveger chose the Cecil specifically because of its connection to Ramirez, but it's impossible to tell." End quote. In 2011, the Cecil Hotel underwent an official rebranding, including a name change, from the Cecil Hotel to Stay on Main. And it's possible this was done to create distance from the hotel's sordid history. As of December 2021, the Cecil Hotel was rebranded as a permanent supportive housing project. And though it's no longer open to the public, it does provide support for individuals experiencing housing instability. What's fascinating about the Cecil Hotel is that while most consider it haunted, it's not so much because of paranormal activity. In an interview with Esquire, dated February 10th, 2021, former Cecil hotel manager, Amy Price was asked, quote, so the hotel is frequently thought to be cursed or haunted. What do you make of these haunted labels? End quote. She responded, quote, listen, I believe in ghosts. I'm not going to say that I don't believe in them, but I don't think they run the show over there. You know what I mean? I think it is circumstantial. There are a lot of things that have happened there that are unfortunate, but I don't think the hotel is haunted." Truly, unfortunate might be a slight understatement. Arguably the most haunting tragedy at the Cecil Hotel is that of Elisa Lamb, who stayed there in early 2013 while taking a solo trip around the West Coast. A 21-year-old student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Lamb decided to take a short break from her studies. And though her parents were unsettled about her traveling alone, Elisa agreed to check in every day to let them know she was safe. Elisa Lamb arrived in Los Angeles on January 26, 2013, and checked into the Cecil Hotel just a few days later. She planned to check out after a four-day stay at the hotel, and initially, she was given a room with several roommates. However, they complained about, quote, odd behavior, end quote. According to a rap article titled The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, eight most shocking details about the Elisa Lamb case, dated February 10th, 2021, reported, Quote, apparently she would lock the door and require a password for them to enter or would leave notes on their bed telling them to go away or go home, End quote. As a result, she was moved into a room of her own. However, on February 1st, her parents filed a missing persons report with the Los Angeles Police Department after Elisa did not check in with them. The LAPD searched the hotel but could not find her. Days turned to weeks with no sign of Elisa Lamb. On February 13, 2013, the LAPD released surveillance video from one of the elevators in the Cecil Hotel. The video contains approximately four minutes of footage and is the last known sighting of Elisa Lamb before her disappearance. We'll explore the surveillance video in a few moments. On February 19th, 2013, hotel tenants complained about the water coming from their sinks and showers. The pressure was low, the taste was odd, and the color was dark brown. A maintenance worker climbed the ladder attached to the water tanks on the roof moved a 20-pound hatch and there, discovered the decomposing body of Elisa Lamb face up in the water. After missing for nearly three weeks, Elisa's family now had some answers and plenty more questions. In fact, the investigation was just getting started. The initial coroner's report was inconclusive as there was no evidence of illicit drug or alcohol use. In fact, the only drugs in Elisa's system were prescription medication for bipolar disorder. What's interesting, though, is that the levels of prescription medication in her system were very low. And this indicates that she was undertaking her medication and perhaps at some point stopped taking her medication altogether. Several months after Elisa's body was discovered, the coroner released the final report. Elisa Lamb's death was ruled an accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a contributing factor. Earlier I mentioned the elevator surveillance footage. It's important to explore this a bit further as the video was released to the public shortly before her body was discovered. In the decades since Elisa Lamb's death, The elevator video is the enduring piece of evidence in her case. And in many ways, it is mysterious and even scary. In the video, Elisa is wearing a red sweater, what appears to be black preys, and sandals. These were the same clothes found at the bottom of the water tank when her body was discovered. Let's explore the elevator video, moment by moment. Overall, the video shows Elisa in an elevator, acting erratically. At the start, she enters the elevator and she's crouching down to look at the buttons. After a few seconds, she stands back in the corner. Another few seconds pass, and she walks to the elevator door, which is still open, and looks frantically in both directions, first to the right, then to the left. Elisa steps back into the elevator and presses her back along the side wall opposite the elevator door. Then, after a second or two, she shifts to the inside corner with her back to the elevator buttons. It looks as though she's hiding from someone out in the hallway. A few more seconds pass, and Elisa peeks out of the elevator door, which is still open. She stands in the doorway for a few seconds and slowly steps out of the elevator into the hallway. Then, she does what appears to be a box step, as if she were doing the waltz. And with her final step, she steps back into the elevator. The elevator door is still open. She quickly takes a step forward, back into the hallway, and then takes a step to her left. At this point, Elisa is mostly out of the camera's view, and for a second or two, she cannot be seen at all. For approximately 10 seconds, you can only see her right arm and the right side of her clothing. Then, she turns and walks back into the elevator and begins frantically pushing every button on the control panel. She seems in distress and these movements are decidedly different than the previous ones. After pressing the buttons, she calmly takes a step out of the elevator and is again mostly out of the camera's view with only the right side of her body visible. Then, she turns to her right, still in the hallway outside the elevator, and begins moving her hands in a circular motion. Her fingers are outstretched, wrists are taut, and arms are stiff. The next movements are difficult to describe, but it looks as though she's interlocking her fingers and releasing them. She stops, and after a few seconds, turns left and walks out of the view of the elevator camera. This is the last time we see Elisa Lam alive. The video continues for another 90 seconds, and approximately 30 seconds after Elisa walks out of view, the elevator door finally closes. 15 seconds later it reopens and it looks as though it's still on the same floor 10 more seconds pass and the doors close again 20 seconds later the doors reopen this time on another floor the video fades to black and elisa lamb is nowhere to be found the video is chilling, in part because it documents one of the last times Elisa Lam was seen alive. It's also chilling because Elisa appears to be frantic and in distress. Her movements alternate between calm and panic, and it's nearly impossible not to wonder who could possibly be in the hallway, just outside the view of the elevator camera. Her hand movements were particularly scary, and I read at least one article that put forth the possibility of a paranormal occurrence, or that Elisa may have been playing the elevator game. Though the coroner's report may have closed Elisa Lamb's case, there are still those who suspect she may have been the victim of foul play. Out of respect for Elisa and her family, we won't speculate on those theories. The untimely death of a young woman is tragic enough without adding to the pain of those who love her. As we prepare to close this episode of The Red Tree House, I can't help but be fascinated by the Cecil Hotel. Though not a haunted building in the traditional sense, the morbid history of the hotel makes a strong case for it being cursed. And though it's no longer open to the public, and considering all that has happened in the nearly 100-year history of the Cecil Hotel, here's my question. Would you book a room if given the chance? I've shared the stories. Now it's up to you to decide. I'm your host, Will. Thanks for joining me in the Red Treehouse.